You know, it's funny the things that go through your mind, but I walk up here and you know the first thing that crosses my mind is Rudolph. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Let me explain just for a moment the flyer that I've handed out to you. This flyer connects to the last prayer request that's on our sheet, just so you can kind of put them together. Trista Curry, Trista Curry is the lady whose two boys were killed in that car accident and that actually had requested that they could use the building for the bereaved moms. Well, Trista, about this time of year, which is, this would be her youngest son's third birthday, if he were still living. She does this toy drive during the summer, and then she hands out uh, the toys to, I think, two or three different organizations. And she contacted me and said, would it be possible to use the church to sort out the toys? Well, I, I said, let me check on it. And of course, I have to contact the pastor of the church that really owns the building. And he wrote back and he said, oh, sure. He said, that's what buildings are used for. But I didn't know if anyone would like to help. On August 9th, it's a Friday, is when the toy drive ends. We will bring the toys here, sort them, and then take them to the three places uh, that she has designated. Toys will be donated to the Children's Hospital, the Fargo YWCA, and I think there's one more, but maybe it's just those two. And um, so the drop-off points are, you can see at the bottom where all the drop-off points are. And didn't know if anybody would be available that day to go to one or two of the places. She's got three people that are already gonna be helping her. And um, if we, came up with a few that would like to help with that. I'm thinking we would be picking up toys somewhere after lunch, and by three o'clock we would be de delivering the toys, and if you can only do one side of that and don't want to deliver toys, she and I have been texting off and on throughout the day trying to figure out what's the best way to do it. I don't know how large of a toy drive this is. I don't know if it's a major thing. I don't know if any of you remember from last year or not, but I just think it's, it's cool that she's asking if we would be willing to help her. So, um, if you want to think about it, but if you could shoot me a text, I'll try to mention this on Sunday again, and I'll try to even push it out through our um, Remind, and that way um, I'll see if I can figure out how to get this scanned and in there. Because I printed this off my phone today, and it kind of shows it. But... Um, Anyway, anybody have any questions on that? Basically, you're just going to the banks or whatever and picking up whatever toys have been dropped off, bringing them in. I have no idea what her rubric is for how she puts toys together and then sends them back out. But uh, it's a fun way to uh, be a blessing to the community, and it's always fun to give away gifts. And when you get a chance to do it, and it's not really even costing you for all the toys. That's pretty amazing. So, anyway, that's what that is about.
coming up. I knew there was one other thing I was supposed to tell you. Okay. We have a baby shower for Lindsay Perrine, and that is on August 1st, two weeks from tomorrow. It's on a Thursday night, and um, I think Teresa's really kind of been the one behind it. Do you want to tell people about it? Does it make any, does the time make a difference to anybody? Would 6.30 or 7 be better for anybody? Okay, we'll push out something to you when we, so that you've got a definite time. Um, but uh, anyway, if you want to help with any part of that, if you want to either text Cindy or Teresa and just let them know um, or ask, Baby showers are not great at, and so if you want to communicate with them. But that's coming up. It'll be a fun time. I don't know, is this the first baby shower we as a church have done, or have we done them for others so far? This will be the very first one. Well, that'll be fun, so you can get in on the ground floor. Tonight we're going to be in Luke chapter 12 for our Bible study. If you would like to open your Bibles to Luke chapter 12... This spring, as Zach and I were coming back from Virginia, our plane was detained. Well, we were detained in uh, Chicago because our plane had not arrived. So we were kind of standing around the gate talking with uh, all the other people who were standing around the gate because our flight was late. And I noticed that the pilot and the co-pilot were standing there, and I started talking with them. So while we waited near the gate, I met the pilot, and when the delayed plane finally arrived, I noticed that our pilot waited and was watching for the other pilot to get off of the plane. And when the other pilot got off the plane, I was just listening, and he said, is it a good plane? And I'd never heard pilots do this before, but you know, when you're getting out of one plane and you're getting into another one and you don't get to keep your plane all the time, they're flying different plane every leg of the flight. He wanted to know, is there anything wrong with this plane that I should be aware of? Any trouble, anything before I get in and fly this? And the pilot made this statement. He said, good plane, bad pilot. And so after he left, I asked our pilot, I said, what do you mean by that? And he goes, well, because we had been told our plane was delayed because of weather. Now, the rest of the story that the pilots knew that we didn't know is that the plane was coming in and the pilot missed his approach. 
What that means is, is that he wasn't in the right location, so he had to do a fly around. Well, a fly around Chicago means you get at the back of the line, and it may be another 35 or 45 minutes. And because of that, he had, he was, he thought, if I will tell them that I'm low on fuel, they will let me go to the front of the line. And they said, go to Milwaukee. So his mistake of missing his approach cost them about an hour and 10 minutes of flying time, as well as a landing fee, easily a minimum of $1,000 by him missing his approach. It impacted the pilot. It impacted everyone on the plane. It impacted everyone who was going to use that plane next. And it was all because he just wasn't paying close enough attention. I don't think there was ever anything dangerous. He just had to do a fly around. Now, what I mentioned that because tonight we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 12, verses 35 through 48. And the title is Watching and Working. In fact, I put one more in front of that. I put Wishing watching and working, but the wishing part actually is not quite in our text tonight, and I'll point it to you at the end just so you can kind of see what's going on. So tonight in our study, our Lord reminds us to stay focused because, because carelessness, because a lapse in our attention can really impact our lives. Now notice with me Luke chapter 12, beginning at verse 35. There we read, let your loins be girded about, and your lights burning. And ye yourselves, like unto men that wait for their Lord, when he will return from the wedding, that when he cometh and knocketh, they may open unto him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Verily I say unto you, that he shall gird himself and make them sit down to meet, and will come forth and serve them. And if he shall come in the second watch, or come in the third watch, and find them so, blessed are those servants. And this know, that if the goodman of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched, and not have suffered his house to be broken through. But ye be therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when ye think not. Then Peter said unto him, Lord, speakest thou this parable unto us or even to all? And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord when he cometh shall, shall find so doing. Of a truth I say unto you, that he will make him ruler over all that he hath. But and if that servant say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to beat the uh, men servants and maidens, and to eat and drink and be drunken, the Lord of that servant will come in a day that he looketh not for him, and in an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him in sunder, and will appoint unto him his portion with unbelievers. And that servant which he which knew his Lord's will, and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. But he that knew not, and did commit those things worthy of stripes, 
shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall much be required. And to whom men have committed much, of him they will ask the more. This is the fourth warning in this passage of Scripture. Let me just remind you, Jesus, after they had had this incredible time and people were now flocking to hear him preach, all of a sudden Jesus stops and he gives four warnings. The first warning was, beware of hypocrisy. Then beware of covetousness. Then beware of worry. And finally, tonight, we're looking at beware of carelessness. The first thing that he warned them was, he said, beware of hypocrisy. It's easy to begin to pretend to be something you're not. And we're not talking about out in the world. We're talking about even as believers. So here were the disciples, and he was concerned that the disciples, rather than just growing that the disciples were going to just try to pretend to be something. I don't know if you struggle with that. I know I do. It's easy to try to be something that you're not really into yet. And the danger of that is, it's like trying to wear, when you were little, trying to wear your dad's shoes or your dad's boots. And you can't walk very well, and you end up falling flat on your face. Remember, The whole book of Luke shows the compassion of our Lord. And knowing the compassion of our Lord, when he says this, he's not doing one of these. It's like a dad warning his son. And it's not just warning a rebellious son. It's much like when Zach and I talk. And I warn Zach, Zach doesn't take it that I'm being unkind to him. Zach takes it in the friendship that we have. Zach takes it in the relationship we have, and so he goes, oh, okay. Hey, beware of this. There's a road closed here. Beware of this. And he goes, oh, okay. Jesus says, beware of hypocrisy. Beware of trying to be something that you're not. Then he says, beware of covetousness. You know, it's easy to begin to look at things around us and to begin to say, I want that. I want one of those. I want a bigger house, I want a boat, I want a bigger car. I saw this really cool Chevy pickup truck in the newspaper. It's a Hennessy pickup, it's a, it's a six by. It's really cool. I think it's like $85,000, I can't remember. It's really expensive, but it's a really cool truck. I want one of those. And it's easy to begin to be covetous. But what's the problem? The real joy comes in contentment. You see, Jesus was warning. He's not being mean. He's warning them that there's a lie behind that. The lie behind hypocrisy. The lie behind covetousness. The lie behind worry. We begin to worry about things rather than resting in the fact that our God is all-powerful. He can do this. And he will do what's best. My dad didn't always give me everything I asked for. In fact, that would really be a stretch. A lot of the things I asked for, I didn't get. But it wasn't because my dad didn't love me, and it wasn't even because he couldn't afford it. It was because some of the stuff I asked for, I just shouldn't have. 
I mean, I can think back to things that I really wanted. And my dad knew, ah, that's not going to go well. You know, when we learn to be content because we can ask, but our God will give us what we need, all of a sudden the Christian life's a lot of fun. We get to use whatever resources he's given. Now this last one we come to, this one for tonight, Jesus gives the warning of beware of carelessness. And that's where we just lose our focus. You know, it's the idea of texting while you drive. Can I, can I text while, while I drive? Well, I think I probably can. Um, I might change lanes. It's handy if you've got three lanes when you're texting, but if you don't have three lanes when you're texting, what happens? Well, it might not end up the way you thought it was. So all of a sudden, Jesus is saying, stay focused, beware of carelessness. So if we look at the positive side, what's Jesus encouraging us to do? He's saying, be genuine. He's saying, be content. Focus on the security that you have in me. And he's saying, be future focused. So let's look. Notice verse 37. There is a blessing. In fact, also in verse 43, there is a blessing. Jesus always puts before us, he says, now here's why. Here's why. Here's the blessing that we can have, we can enjoy. He says, blessed are those servants. What kind of servants? So let's back up to verse 35. He says, let your loins be girded about and your lights burning. Literally what he's saying, be ready and watching. Be ready and watching. Your loins girded about and your lights burning. In other words, be dressed, be ready. Now, he gives this impression. Notice what he says. Wait for their Lord when he returned from the wedding. Now, Jews had evening weddings. And so you've got the groom and the bride that are coming from the wedding, and he's given his, his servants notice. He says, make sure you got the lights on. Make sure when I knock on the door, I'm not standing out knocking on the door. I've got my bride with me. We're coming home for the very first time. I want you to have all this ready for me. Now, that is the picture he's giving here. He's saying, you've got the, the bride and the groom that are coming back. And so what is the warning? He says, all right, have your clothes that you're going to need to get the job done on. Have the lights on so that when we get here, you are ready. Now, the word watch has the idea of being alert, to be ready. Don't be caught by surprise. Now, notice, though, what he says in verse 38. He says, and if he shall come in the second watch or in the third watch. Now, the, the Romans divided the day up into four watches. Jews divided it into three watches. So basically what he's saying is, if he doesn't come when you're expecting it, don't go to bed. Stay focused. I'm coming tonight at some point. I'm going to come. Please don't make me stand outside and knock on the door and knock on the door and knock on the door and call the neighbor and, you know, whatever. And that's exactly what he's reminding them, but he's not talking about a wedding, a physical wedding, is he? What he's telling them is, he says, it's easy to get distracted and to miss the point Jesus is coming back. And it could be very soon. But it might be in the second watch of the night. 
It might be in the third watch of the night, which really starts getting long. And all of a sudden, you got your magazines out, and maybe you've been doing other stuff. And all of a sudden, you miss when he arrives. You weren't ready. And so he says, look, have the lights on. Have your outfit ready. Be all ready for me. But then we're going to see as we look at uh, verse 41 when Peter says,